0: You are listening to Absent minded Hello, hello, hello. And we're back com. with a
1: very interesting episode. Obviously, we're going to go to who's number seven on the list of the top 25 under 25. But we're going to go and, and talk about some of the other prospects that we have spoken about already. And I'm joined by, obviously, Marc-Antoine Louis from... Uh, or is it, Louis? Uh, uh, Levi's. Levi's from, from um, Eyes on the Price and obviously obviously since we're talking goalies here we have to invite former eyes on the prize and eyes on the prize alan ken which which is is super exciting because you and i used to be the old guys in the eyes on the Prize chat
2: for the record i was the old guy and you were the next oldest guy
1: yeah but we were still the oldest i mean like our combined age was probably more than the others combined
2: uh i believe that to be true (laughs) <laughs> and still is probably.
1: Uh, it's great to to have you on, Ken. And and we worked a few times together even after you left Ice on the Price, but you're with Ingold Media now?
2: I am. I am. I'm sort of the guy behind the guy, behind the guy, and sitting in the background. Um, they don't let me out much because I'm too critical sometimes.
1: Would that be the guy that paints the helmet or, or stitches the, the padding?
2: No, I'm the guy who says you should probably <laughs> stitch it that way. <laughs> or are you sure or afterwards says mm, a little too busy for me
1: <laughs> yeah and obviously for, for you guys that don't know mark uh, he's a goalie as well and our resident goalie uh, analyst on on ice on the price so we're I'm I'm joined by the greats and I'm just going to sit here and listen to to you guys talk because there is something about goalie development and and goalie prospects that is sort of magic well,
2: I believe the official social media term is voodoo, but I, I don't use that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you, you just mentioned before we started here, Ken, uh, the, um, there is an invite for the camp as well. Why don't you tell us about him? Well,
2: so I, I guess uh, um, Alexis uh, Gravel, who was in the Blackhawk system and uh, was not signed is a team canada goalie at some point um you know i think a kid with some nice fundamentals um, who seems to break down when things sort of go awry so i think he sets up well he looks like he's going to be you know pretty strong um and then you know if the first save doesn't go very cleanly he tends to sort of revert to a lot of scrambling which a lot of coaches like but is something that as you rise through the levels uh, doesn't really translate very well. So it's an interesting pickup. You know, I think he's uh I assume he will be part of the ECHL team if they like him, because I think he's aged out of juniors, right? He's 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, but I think I think people do think that there's some upside for him. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting pickup. And it sort of goes along with the idea that they'll have this ECHL development platform, which they really haven't had. You know so we were talking briefly beforehand about michael mcniven you know who sort of wandered in the in the in the vagabond as a vagabond through the echl you know wilderness going from team to team because the habs really didn't have their own echl affiliate so i think that's going to be a huge a huge difference for them moving forward you know i also think that you know it's such a spectacular jersey that it's worth you know
1: yeah, the, the, the logo of, of the is, is fantastic. And-
2: Spectacular. But I think that, you know, so Gravel to me is an interesting pickup. You know, I don't know what his real upside is, but I, I think it's an interesting pickup in that he's got some, he's clearly got some fundamental skills, but he's been able to get away with a lot of stuff through the years that obviously the Blackhawks didn't feel that they needed to invest more in him but i think it's an interesting pickup because i think a lot of people sort of like his like his possibilities if you can get some of that sort of reactive play cleaned up
1: mark to continue this in in one way you were the highest on joe verbatic yeah uh, of, of, in all the rankings and, and would you mind giving us the reason why
0: yeah, uh, no, no, no problem at all. Uh one of the things is I actually talked with a couple of people, a couple of scouts that I knew uh from the OHL, and most of them told me that the team he played for was atrocious. Like he had no defense, he had nothing at all. I went through a little bit of film. I look at him. They, the thing is one of the first things you'll see about this guy is like he's, he's huge. He's what <laughs> six six six. Uh he didn't really fill out his frame. I think like one ninety pounds or something like that. So he's still kind of lanky for his size, but he's is like he's enormous he has good financial i think he's really leaning more in, on his athleticism um more than anything else so he's really using his body as a big uh big wall right now but i think if he can just uh keep building on that and adding a little bit more mobility from post to post it's gonna be it could be really good i still don't yeah know I, I actually like yeah I,
2: I found some video of him and um you know, uh, I hadn't seen much of him before, but I know one of well, Cat Silverman, who writes with us, is is very high on him. But I, I actually liked him. I I, I think that he looked much more efficient than I was expecting him to be. Um, and we'll get, we can get into this with Caden, you know, uh, uh, Primo a little bit later. But I, you know, I'm a big I'm a big believer in sort of this efficient movement. I, and I, I think that he's a guy who he looks huge. He plays huge. but but he doesn't really seem to scramble around much. He's very sort of economical in his movements and, and very, it has some precision to his game, which to me, I think, you know, again, we'll talk about this as we go on, but um, precision to me in the movements is one of the things that, really gets lost on a lot of these younger guys who can get away with being big or can get away with being super athletes and can stop a lot of pucks while they're playing against people who aren't better than they are um and then as you get as you get into the higher levels the precision of your movements really i think determines what your ceiling can be and he looked pretty good to me you know for a big guy he really uh, you know i agree with you he was sort of using his body as a wall but he was getting to the right spot and he wasn't flailing around much um I, i i liked him actually so I think that's a nice pickup, and then he's going what? He's going to be in the queue, correct? So he and Dishaw are going to be in the queue. Um, Dishaw so is,
1: is playing in Sweden, actually.
2: Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. So you know, but I, I like for I like I, I I thought um, you know I, I the the little bit of tape that I've been able to see on him, I, I really do like his I like his upside. Uh, you know, I like the way he moves now as a big guy. Um, and I think when you, when you start off with those kind of fundamentals, like you were saying, I think there's a, there's a lot of upside when you're that size and you move that efficiently. So.
1: Diesel is, is he's also a big guy, obviously he hasn't filled out his frame. Um, I think he's filled out a little bit during the pandemic and, and not like me around the belly, but rather, you know, with muscles, uh, (laughs) But let's,
2: let's not go there.
1: What strikes me is, and this is one thing that I was told I should look for when when evaluating goalies, is how he reacts after a bad goal. And he has a temper, which in some ways is good, but he lashes out after one of those goals where it might be on him, but he rather blames someone else.
2: Uh, that's a dangerous little. Uh, that's a dangerous little tendency. You know, I, I like I said, I haven't seen him enough to know. Um, but you know th- that to me is a, is always a problem. you know, I think I, I, I'm a I'm, I'm a I never played. So I, I, I always take a lot of flack for some of those discussions. But you know, to me, I think every goal can be stopped. And it's not a question that you should be or that you should hold yourself to the standard of stopping every goal. But I think if you, if you're letting in goals, and you don't think that there's anything that you could have done about it, then I think you're really hurting your own development. You know, I think, you know, my my thing is, you know, whenever I've talked to young goalies, I always tell them, you know, go back and watch your games and don't just watch the good stuff. You know, watch watch a goal that happens. See if somebody tipped the puck. See if there was something you could have done differently. See if there's a move that you made, you know, that set things off where it became an unstoppable goal, but it didn't always have to be. You know, I think that's the way that I would always tell these guys to approach it. And so to me, you know, again, not having seen him do that, but if you tell me that, I believe you. And that that's really, that's a dangerous little precedent for someone, you know, as a goalie. I think if you're going to, la- you 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 better be Henrik Lundqvist or Carey Price before you start lashing out at one of your teammates for something. You know, you can go up and say, hey, listen, can you next time, you know, keep an eye on that guy? Or you can instruct them if you, if you see a play that's happening and you want to tell people, hey, you know, they, they're, they're making this cross ice pass after this play you know that kind of that kind of stuff is totally fine because if you see the game and you want to explain it that's great but hey you should have stopped that <laughs> you know is i think a very dangerous precedent and you know especially as you move up in skill levels the guys you're on the ice with aren't going to tolerate that
1: visual will play yeah. in hockey Olsenski on the second division of swedish hockey mark
0: one of the few one of the few things i would say about that is like as a as a goaltender myself i do believe that uh it, it is not entirely on yourself because obviously you're always going to be the last player so if you don't stop the puck obviously it's going to go in the mat uh but one of the few things is it's a it's a team game right so one of the first few things instead of blaming others a part of the blame is on you for sure but one of the other thing is you should do is like like ken just said uh as a goalie i think we can see the eyes really well we can see what's developing and if you see some of the plays happening often in front of you and you see your defense breaking always in the same ways, you can just tell them in a positive way, something like, hey, you should probably like look at this guy, or try to cut passes. I think it's easier to uh you know try to help your teammates try to help yourself and don't just put your like all the blame on yourself all the blame on others it's really about just trying to stay strong mentally it's one of the hardest thing as a goalie because you know you spend most of the game by yourself uh you don't really talk to anybody really uh throughout the game so it's really about you just you know focusing on one step at a time really like always you go with one shot one stop and go from there and yes sometimes it's going to go in obviously but you know you have to reset every time a goal go in and you just have to say i'm going to stop the next one i'm going to stop the next one and just work your way from there so it's one of the few things i really like about some of our prospects that's coming up. some of them have a really really calm demeanor and have a really good attitude when they go and i love it uh so it's always a little bit tricky when i hear some some goalies really explosives or they're just really they will go a little aggressive in the way they want to let a goal in I'm like yeah that's just not the correct way to approach it because you're gonna get scored on obviously and you're gonna get scored on a lot some games are gonna be super great you might get a shutout super good but you know sometimes you might let five, six seven goals in and you just have to be able to reset from that and be able to move on from that and learn from it, especially.
2: Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I always tell, you know, my daughter who coaches a little bit now and and you know, one of the things that I used to tell her as well as some of the other kids that we've yeah you know, that I've run into in camps and stuff is I say, "Listen, you know, there are going to be days where you play great and you lose. And there are going to be days where you play awfully and you win." And you just learn from everything but you know you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are but I think among the most important things is to really understand what happens you know if you have access to video go look at the video see what happened and that goes to not just what you did but what everybody else did you know so you can prepare for that because like I said you know sometimes goals go in and they're not your fault sometimes they do and they don't think that they are but they actually are and you know that's why I don't like to lash out at anybody or I I don't like to tell anybody, you know, to to have a problem with something that your teammate did because you may not know exactly what happened because hockey is a ridiculously fast game and crazy stuff happens. And until you go back and watch the video and see what happened and how it happened, you don't really know. You know, and so there's nothing worse than a goalie who gets blamed for a for a shot that deflects off of a, you know, that changes angle off of somebody's stick that nobody Mm -hmm. saw, you know, and at the same time, there's nothing worse than being a defenseman who gets yelled at for something that wasn't your fault, you know, but the goalie didn't realize it because they couldn't see it. So I, again, that, that's the thing. And that was, that was the biggest thing I always used to say was, you know, listen, there's going to be days where you play great, you know, and you just lose and there's going to be days where you stink and your team bails you out and you're all in it together. And that's how it goes.
1: So, sounds <laughs> yeah. like work to me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah.
0: Some um, days I'm sure it is Mark, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Yeah, some days you, you you know you're gonna do the best, you know you're gonna play out of your mind, you're gonna be making crazy saves, and even the opener's gonna be like, "Wow, you're playing super well," and you're still gonna lose, yeah. and it's gonna suck, and it's gonna be like, "Well, I I did my job, like I can't score goals for you guys, but I can save some." But you know, at one point, oh you know, as Ken just said, sometimes you, the puck luck is not gonna go your way, and it's just gonna suck, and sometimes. You know, posts are gonna save everything for me, and I'm gonna be feeling terrible, and we're still gonna win. And I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, it happens. I'm like, okay. Hey, if What's it
2: that? hit, if it hit the post, you did your job.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. I, I love my posts. They're they're really great. I love them. I tell them every day, like, you guys do a great job.
2: I always know? love that on the yeah on the on the new on the on the on the game cast when they go, oh, you know, he beat him, but he hit the post. Well, no, he hit the post. He didn't beat him.
1: You you forced him to shoot there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If he if he but, beat him.
0: It would have been in yeah, it's, it's you're cutting uh, angles think, you're forcing them to shoot wide yeah, yeah.
1: i think there is this uh, swedish goalie that used to say that the posts were his best friends and yeah. also the more he practiced the more they hit the post yeah exactly <laughs> so, right so, so he was like um but it's i'm sure it's only luck i think that's right it's that like sentence. the
2: post you never apologize for a post and you never apologize for a shot off the shaft of your stick
1: yeah. <laughs> You practice that. Uh, one of the three big guys, uh, because they're really big. All these three goalies is, is Jakub Dobish or, or Dobes. I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but but he's one of those guys as well that that they have taken a chance on, which is you know a big goalie, six foot something, um, and and under development really.
2: Uh, yeah. I would say underdeveloped raw would be a good way to describe him. You know, I think he's he's one of those topics and you know Mark can certainly disagree with me on this, but I, I think he's one of those guys that um, NHL drafting scouts love because they think that they're underdeveloped and raw talent and therefore they can mold them into something they want and they don't come in with sort of this predisposed technical idea in their head. But, you know, you watch him play and he's a huge guy and he's wild all over the place as far as I could tell. So he's not
1: economical with his movements?
2: uh, No, no. He did not strike me as economical. He struck me as a raw athlete who is a pretty good, you know, skater, obviously a good hockey player, you know, very big, very sort of, Exaggerated in his in his movements, so you know a shot will go a little bit wide, and he'll be you know a full stride outside the crease, and then he'll be diving back to get the next one. And he you know it, it, he diving forward a lot to cover pucks. You know I think it's something that again big guys can get away with i don't know what will happen with him i believe he's going to ohio state is that correct so so. you know i don't know what will happen to him in the ncaa where you play you know two games a weekend and it's 35 games a year um and you know there's a lot of practice in between um you know i don't know that he gets more economical (laughs) in that in that in that setting depends
1: on the subject Um, he's uh, taking
2: But yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Macro or micro, I would be the micro guy. So yeah, no. So I think for him, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a project to me. You know, he's a guy who, you know, you hope you can kind of rein in. He's obviously big. He's obviously very talented. Um, you know, you don't get to that level without being talented. Um, and he stops a lot of pucks, but he does it in a way that is just, you know, a little bit, uh, Wild is the wrong word, but very, very raw. Technically, I think, you know, I, I think he just needs a lot of sort of fundamental reining in before he becomes a legitimate high level yeah. guy. Um, that's just my take on him on the limited amount that I've seen. But, you know, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of sort of, you know, spectacular looking stuff, which just won't fly at any level other than about where he is now.
0: No, yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I think uh, the last three goalies that they took—well, uh, Dobie's, verbetic and the Cow—all three of them are like really huge goalies. Uh, they're big guys; they have a lot of strength. They're really athletic, but most of them don't have a, a clean game in a sense. They're—they they're, have raw potential, left, and, I, and I agree on that with you. Is like I feel like people are, are scouting them like other oh, big guys that you know they have a like a, a good set of tools uh, if we can keep you know pushing them and molding them they'll get better I, I think it could be done to some degree uh but you know some of them have you know in their in their plays they have some flaws and i'm not sure how much they can be removed uh so we'll see through times but you know out of the three the last three we took uh, i think verbatic for me is, seems to be the best bet yeah uh, i I'd agree with you yeah W's, like i don't know as you said like he has some he has some financial fundamental that are really good or you know like, he does well a couple things but overall when i look at him sometimes i just feel it's awkward it, it's a little bit messy yeah. the way he goes and i'm like how how much can it's been proven uh he's going you're right he's going to Ohio state uh with in the ncaa so hopefully that's going to help him uh, a bit because he was in the uh uh, what was it usa show and that level of competition is is so much different than the ncaa yeah there's a huge step between both of them so i kind of want to see how it's going to go the first year Uh, if he does well maybe there's something there, but I think if you were asking me to bet out of those three goalies, I would probably bet on on Trevor Batik uh, to have a some somewhat of a decent career out of yeah I'm, I'm
2: with you on that you know i don't know what his ceiling would be but I, I i like his upside among all the guys you know i think it's one of those i've never quite understood the obsession with getting guys who don't have sort of strong technical fundamentals you know it's like a bad thing that they have these technical fundamentals and to me you know you can always teach somebody to be you can always if someone's fast you can always teach them to to be faster uh-huh. if someone is is technically proficient you can always add skills on top and but if if they are if they don't have that fundamental base you have to teach them that and then re-add all the things that you've now taught them not to do and i think it just becomes very hard and you get so many guys that just get lost in the middle you know where they're they sort of grew up as these athletic guys who got away with a lot of stuff because they were just better than everybody You know, they were rewarded for that along the way. Then they reach a level where they're not getting rewarded for it. And suddenly everybody says, well, what's wrong with them? And then they have to rebuild their games you know, and that takes time, you know, and it, and it's interesting, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, Thatcher Demko out in Vancouver is going to be, you know, maybe a bust, but then all of a sudden he kind of reined it in and figured it out. And now he's just gangbusters.
1: So, yeah, and, and, and you know, and then we you have never the other really gangbuster know. that that struggles internationally, but God, he looks great in Scar, doesn't he? Askarov.
2: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the Russian guys are are a lot like that. Sergei Bobrovsky was like that when he yeah. came to the Flyers. You know, he was he was just all, you know, he was a he was an athletic freak, you know, but his game was just completely raw. And they brought him in, and he started, and you know, and then all of a sudden they traded him, and he went to to Ian Clark, you know, who kind of calmed him down a little, and he and he was terrific, you know, and and he has a tendency still to become a little overactive. You know, and it hurts him as he, you know, and he's he's a two time Vezina winner and he still reverts sometimes to sort of the older instincts. So I think when these guys get these instincts really ingrained in them early, it's very hard to to change how they approach the game and that's really the difference you know i've never understood that why these why the nhl level w- wants guys who you know it, it, I, I can't believe that at that level that they don't really understand that someone who is technically proficient is a terrific athlete like, <laughs> you know like you don't you don't you don't get to that level and have the kind of skill set that some of these people have without being athletic. And just because you're not diving from post to post and, and, you know, making spectacular saves doesn't mean you're not athletic and doesn't mean that, you know, you can't become that much better and that much faster than you look, because chances are you probably are faster than you look and you don't need to play that fast. So if you have speed in reserve that's i think what gets you to the next that's what really takes you to the next level and lets you succeed is when you can do everything well and you still have an upside um, as opposed to you know looking spectacular but not necessarily you know that doesn't translate you know nhl guys don't miss the net when you're flying at them <laughs>
1: you know? uh, yeah. I, I usually compare it to man united the goalies there with smyshell and then Wander that was these kind of players that were stable. They know what to do. They were sound. And then they bring in Bartes that, you know, he can make the spectacular saves, but he can also fumble in the ball from anywhere on the pitch.
2: Yeah, well, it's true. And and usually in hockey, those guys, those mistakes don't get punished until they get to a much higher level. Yeah. You know, coaches don't don't bench guys who they think are making spectacular saves if you lose four to three. Yeah. You know, they 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 will always sort of gravitate towards those players, um, you know, because they do spectacular things and they don't necessarily understand that the guy getting hit in a chest 30 times a game isn't because they're shooting at his chest. It's because his chest is there.
1: So Mm -hmm. indeed Uh, going on, Mark, uh, Michael McNiven, we already mentioned him and, and how beneficial it would have been to, to have the trois early uh, earlier in, in, in the development program. Is he lost for, for the Canadians or or where is he really?
0: Uh, actually, I feel like McKinnon has uh, more potential, more untapped potential than we actually know of. I feel like uh, because he's been shuttled between uh, the ECHL and the AHL and losing time, he kind of became a little bit lost or people forgot about him. Uh, but when you watch him play, he has some really good tools and can actually play really, really well. And I feel like he's probably not going to be an NHL starter. Some people are always expecting that out of goalies. I don't think so. I think he could be a decent backup um, at some point. Hopefully at the NHL level or a good starter in the AHL. But I feel like he is underestimated and underappreciated by a lot of people uh, just because of his situation, just because he became a little bit that one forgotten prospect that we had. And obviously, Kevin Primo is you know, the, the big boy, the guy that everybody wants to succeed and to get to the NHL, which is 100% fine. Uh, but I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him, on McNiven, a little bit, which is interesting to me.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think he he plays a nice game, you know, he's 24, he's been through a lot of stuff already. You know, he's got it, he's got a, you know, he's survived it all so far. Um, you know, he plays well. He you know, he's pretty solid fundamentally. He doesn't do anything crazy and he you know, he's learned to kind of ride with what happens, which I think is a very important very important you know, mental perspective for somebody oh, yeah. in his position, you know, and he's the kind of guy who I think is, you know, every team needs, I, I think at this point in the, in the NHL, you need three or four guys, you know, you need your, you need your horse, you need your backup, you need your sort of, you know, heir apparent and, and you know, who can play a little bit. And then I think you need another guy. Cause when people get hurt, you need somebody who can step in you know oh, you need a guy who can play the first night of a first or second night of a back to back and you know a guy like McNiven sort of that's to me sort of where he projects you know at 24 I'm not sure that he's going to make the leap to the NHL at some point you know but I do agree with you that he could be a nice backup at some point but at worst you know which is not a bad place to be if you're a goalie and in, in professional life you know if you're a starter in the ahl and you and you can spot start in the nhl you can have a long career doing that in a lot of places or, um, or go
1: to europe because that opens that door yeah, as well
2: yeah i always forget about that you know what a what a nice life <laughs> go to europe play some hockey yeah you know, let's cool well. places <laughs> no I mean that's a nice that's a nice life if you've you know if you can make a living as a professional goalie you know that's a nice life but I, I I agree with you Mark I think McNiven has more to show us you know and it's a shame that he sort of lost all those years kind of you know and you know he was sort of back, he was behind Lindgren and he was mm-hmm. he just didn't have really a place to develop and play um you know and I think again I, I don't think you'll see that again in this in this prospect System with you know, with the Trawler Ver team. I think that'll be a very nice addition for them, and uh, hopefully they learn their lesson on Magnificent because I do think that he had more to show, and hopefully he will.
1: Obviously, we're here to talk about Caden Primo. <laughs> <laughs> we spent here like we go. Half an hour for for with with other things. That was quite. That was quite you know,
2: yeah, it was quite. Yeah, it quite the prologue there. Yeah, I um, don't shut up. Yeah, that's why they don't let me out of In-Goal much.
1: Yeah, well, we we appreciate it because uh, well, you can always. Uh, pause a, a podcast and come back to it the day after or, or on your way back from work as well um but Caden Primo, number seven on the list why is he number seven on on, on the list
2: well I'm gonna let Mark start because I, yeah. I I I might I'm interested to hear what he has to say because I, I'm I have a I'm not sure I have the best take on Caden so or not or the most popular take on Caden so let's Let's okay. see what you say. I'm saying. going to be the
0: positive guy here. Uh, I really like uh, Kenan Sprimo's game. Uh, he, okay, uh, there's, let's get one thing out of the way. He has not been consistent the last few years. That I comfortably agree. But one of the first few things I really like about him is, obviously, yes, he size. He's not the biggest guy, but he's like 6'3", I believe. 6'3", 6'4". Uh, so he's a big guy. Uh, one of the best things about him is his cool attitude. He doesn't like he doesn't look like he's panicking whenever he makes a stop uh he's able to do crazy stops whenever he needs uh just his athleticism in general but he has a really good mindset he has a really strong mental game he doesn't get phased by getting scored on a lot and god it happened (laughs) quite a few times in the hl uh but he still you know he still manages to stay in the game uh be strong uh, he has some really good movement from post to post. He has some good foundational uh, training in itself. Uh, obviously, my biggest you know, criticism against him would be just that sometimes he plays super well, like incredible. And then you get some really crappy games. And one of the few things I would like to see from him more often is just more consistency. Just being good enough to keep stopping pucks often and uh the same way but honestly i see him as a starter and I give him a couple years though i think he still need to run out his game you know get a few more shots i know um wait uh and ask him to play i think 150 games in the hl and obviously with the last year he couldn't do that uh, i think he played like maybe 30, 20. I don't remember, but he's gonna need a little bit more time in the HL. But I feel like if he keeps practicing, if he keeps getting uh, the reps in and keeps, you know, polishing his game, here are some real tools that could get him to the NHL. The thing is, uh, he needs to show a bit more efforts and his uh, consistency, but that's, that's, that's my point of view.
2: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you fundamentally. I, you know, I think Caden I think is a really, really interesting test case a little bit in the sense that, you know, he's actually from near me. I didn't actually know him growing up, but I knew a couple of kids who played with him and his brother. You know, if your name is Primo in America, in American hockey, and you are good, you will get every possible advantage that there is. You know, and this is one of these developmental things that I think is a little bit different in in some other places. you know he he was always on a good team. You know I shouldn't say that I didn't really see his teams play, but I know the environment in which he grew up. You know Caden Primo never had to worry about whether he was going to have a spot on a team, or whether you know a bad game was going to cost him you know playing time, growing up. Um, you know and he you know then he goes to the USHL, but he's already committed to Northeastern, and then he goes to Northeastern, and they're pretty good, and. You know, he's a very good goalie. I don't know how much, and I think he's very he's worked hard on his craft. I think it is an interesting mindset to develop the way he has, where essentially he's always been sort of the anointed one. You know, everybody knew who he was, everybody knew where he was going. There were teams that were making room for him to play um you know i saw him play when he was 18 actually in philly in his draft year in the prospects game and i thought he was very good i thought he had some odd little ink sort of idiosyncrasies which i think he's fixed since then you know he had this sort of tendency to kind of reset his pads a little bit do a little chest bump which is fine except that he would do it sometimes when the puck was like in the circle you know being contested <laughs> and it kind of struck me as odd um, That's dangerous yeah I was like you know maybe be a little maybe be ready dude but um you know but in that game you know I, I sort of noticed some of the stuff that I still see with him and that you know he was he would make a save and he would be leaning a little bit you know he would he would make a save and there would be a rebound but he would hold his position from the first save he made until you know for like a split second and then go find the rebound um and it struck me as a little bit strange and now I've watched him over the years. And I I think he's, he's a very interesting guy. You know, he's, he's big enough. He's very fast. He's very fundamentally sound moving and reading the play. You know, he's had a ton of experience and he comes from a family of hockey players and you know, he can really, he's a terrific instinctual hockey player you know, instinctive hockey player. He reads the play well. He's rarely out of position. He's rarely, really, you know, behind a a cross-ice pass. You know, he gets there. That's why he can make these spectacular saves, um, which he really does. And he really does well. And he makes a lot of first saves very well. You know, my issue with him is a very subtle one. And that is that I think that his, his, you know, his positioning is very strong, but his body control is a little off so he will often arrive at a position and make a save but the puck will kind of either sneak through him or will or will bounce off him in a slightly weird direction and he's not quite square you know it's like he gets there he's there and when he drops his body twists a little bit um, you know, he's good with his glove. He's good with his blocker. But but when it, when the puck hits him and he gets a rebound, he's not always sure where it's going to go. And I think a lot of these guys at the higher level, you know, the puck hits you, you kind of know where it's going. You know where the shot's going. You know the angle's coming from. If nobody tips that shot, you have a sense of where that rebound's going to go. And I think he is not always sure where it's going to go after it hits him. And as a result, you know, he's a little bit slow to react to the rebounds. Now, he's very fast. So I, I, I had this discussion at one point with the Ingold Media folks where you know I said, look, he's, he's fast, but he's not necessarily quick. So you know he will make a save and there'll be a rebound and he'll find it and then he'll do something very spectacular to get there. But in the NHL, that doesn't necessarily work. You know it, you got to know where that rebound's going to be and if you don't know where it's going to be you got to be looking for it right away you know i've never felt like he's a guy who has his head on a swivel once the puck hits him you know he's very sort of first save committed um which a lot of younger goalies are because you know let's be honest they're not playing against guys who were better than they are for the, for a lot of the time especially if you're Caden Primo you know you're you're on good teams and you're playing against good players and you've you've had a lot of experience and you've had a lot of coaching and a lot of technique and you're very good you know this this is not to say he isn't very good cuz he is um you know but i think that he he has risen to a level that he, <sighs> you know it's hard to say I, I don't i don't know how to say this without saying sounding like it's sort of you know a little snarky but you know if his name wasn't primo oh. he'd probably be at this level too but it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have been as easy for him you know i, I think there would have been a little bit more testing along the way you know you don't necessarily go you know yeah he did well at Northeastern but it wasn't like he was lights out you know I mean he got awards yes he did but they were also a very good team you know he played in the USHL, which is crazy you know crazy level hockey but it didn't you know but he didn't you know he didn't he wasn't putting up like a 960 save percentage you know it wasn't you know for the amount of hype you know look he was the seventh round draft pick he wasn't a first round draft pick so you know I think that there are there are some things about him that I think if his name wasn't Primo might have been nitpicked a little bit more. Um, But because of who he is and where he comes from, it wasn't. And now I think he's at the level where that sort of stuff is being exposed. So, you know, in the NCAAs, it wasn't exposed really. You know, once in a, you know, in the NCAA hockey also, you know, you're playing against some teams that aren't that great every, you know, it's not like every game is against Wisconsin, you know, and Cole <laughs> Caulfield, you know. So you can put up some numbers without really being, to you know without 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 being challenged is the wrong word but you are not going to be under siege if you're playing in a good NCAA team um so i think that you know for him to go from the NCAA right to the AHL you know it, it, it happens you know I, i'm not sure that if his name wasn't primo that would have happened for him and i think for him in a sense that that may hold him back a little bit now i think he needs experience playing against players that are better than him in concentration so not just one guy on the other team but a whole team full of guys you know who don't miss the net you know who who don't you know have their sticks on the ice when there's a rebound in the crease (laughs) I think that's the kind of subtle stuff that that he needs to be exposed to you know I would have loved to have seen him you know go play in Europe for a year or something like that rather than the NCAA really go play against men somewhere you know because I think he's very good at making first saves. I think he's very good at making spectacular recovery saves and he's very good at making spectacular first saves on difficult plays. But I think that when when there's traffic and when the puck is deflected, his body control is just a little bit off and the puck goes in funny places. And sometimes they'll sneak through him, or sometimes they'll go around them or sometimes it's just a rebound and then there's a scramble and then people score and he's the kind of guy who he'll face 35 shots and he'll look like he's playing great. And then you look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game and you lost three to two and you can't really figure out what happened. And to me, that's kind of where he is. And I think that's a, it's a, it's an interesting, that's why I say it's an interesting test case and sorry, I'm sort of babbling on here because I find him fascinating. Um, you know, where he does so many things so well, but he has this, these couple of little fundamental sort of imprecisions That that in the NHL is what separates you from, you know, at the NHL level, it's what separates you from the from the longtime starter to the backup to the guy who can't quite get there. You know, he's putting up what, like nine, 10, save percentages in the the AHL. And I think that's why it's not because he gives up bad goals. It's because he gives up goals that that pros will score and the people he's played up until this point really haven't. You know, the puck slips through him because the shot's a little harder. So if he's off a little bit or his his body is angled a little bit and it's and it's and he thinks he's got it in the crease of his arm, the shot is that much harder and it just sneaks through. You know, I think that's the kind of thing that he's got to combat. And I think that's a very subtle thing that is hard to combat. You know at, at this point he's got a lot of instincts baked in you know he's played a lot of hockey <laughs> with a lot of good results and so i think that's the kind of thing where he just he needs to he he, he doesn't need tr- it's not really fundamental work is more as much as it's really just a, a, a precision in movement that i think really is what he needs to cement him as kind of the heir apparent you know that's what everybody's seeing him as as the heir apparent and so when you judge him against that standard I don't think he's quite there. Um, I, I think, and I think that may lead to some of the inconsistencies that Mark sees, you know, some days you're going to be a little bit more off than others. Uh, Some days those shots that, you know, kind of squeak through you, don't squeak through you, you know, like, I don't think he's going to be just, I don't think he's going to ever going to be one of these guys where, you know, he gives up six goals a game and you go, wow, the guy can't play. I mean, he's not that, you know, he's a terrific goalie. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he's at the level where you can say, oh, you know what? We should have let Carey Price go to the Kraken and he can play. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's there yet. You know, and sorry, that was a long rambling explanation. But I think, you know, I, I, find him,
1: I find Bromberger. him fascinating. Minivan underscore <laughs> dad at Twitter, if you want to keep that conversation going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come, come, come at me. yeah
1: no but but it's really interesting and for me that is not really a a goalie aficionado i mean like i like goalies obviously i grew up watching trejac so i love goalies yeah but but on the other hand i you see so much more both of you that that i don't even register so so it's it's really good and and cool to listen to you guys um mark you want to add i love the minutiae
2: I love the minutia. I love the way the, you know, I love looking at which edge they used and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mark, you
0: want to add uh, to that? I, I, no, but the thing is, I think Ken pretty much laid it out. I think uh, one of the first few things you we, we can realize about Kaden Primo is that if he was named, not named Primo, he would never have been taken in the seventh round. I know they, they did like a favor to his dad by taking him. I think they, they actually swapped uh, with the Flyers. They the did, flyers, yep. And they took him. So I kind of see that, you know, he has, he has, you know, lucky blood. Uh, he he's like royalty in some ways, and 100% agree that he had, had a really easier path than most goalies uh, growing up, growing up, because he just had all of that uh, baking to him from a young age and, you know, being able to see pros, seeing like being a crinks with, with good players. Uh And I think. right, And that's Kevin, not to
2: say that that's not to say that he wouldn't have had, you know, it's not to say that he got that because of his name. He was very not, good, you know?
0: He's, no, he's still very good, but I think yeah. he, got, he got it easier because of his name. Maybe Correct.
2: He- I don't want anybody to misunderstand that. You know, I think, I think that his name means that if you're good, you're going to get every opportunity. If you're yeah. not good, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Know, it could be named whatever. It could be named Gretsky if
1: you, you don't put it right. right. Don't put it right. Well, we got so. a Tretyak in Soki
0: now. So-, 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 so, you know, that's a you name do. to live up to.
2: <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I, I interrupted you, Mark. No, I- no, no, sorry no, about that.
0: Uh, basically, I-, I agree with most of what you said. I think when I say, like, he- sometimes he, he has. Bad games. I think like he leaves. He let in some goals that are questionable because you'd be like, well, from the way he plays, he should be able to stop that. You like, you look at him. You like, he he has everything right. But I, I do think you're you 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 put your finger on the right thing. That like maybe the way he moves his, his body is not completely right because I feel like sometimes you know those goals that that gets in. You're like, he should have stopped that. Not because it's an easy shot or anything of the sort, just because the way he plays he plays so well he plays so clean and he has that calm and cool demon you're like oh he should be able to get that and sometimes yeah it just squeaked in and you're like oh okay and i looked at his stats in uh and in the ncaa he had some incredible stats but i think he also played with like stacked teams like really 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 good teams in northeastern and from there he played really well yet uh two games in 2019, 2020 with the Montreal Canadiens. He put up like a 931 set percentage. He, like, he did really well. And then he got to the DHL level where you started to see some cracks in this. And I think it's going to be these these next few years are going to be break or make years in the sense that if he can clean up that, that part of his game and he can actually start rising above that, I think he's going to be able to become a really, really great player. But if he doesn't, that's where you're like, oh, well, you know, people have been calling in the, the heir apparent for some, like, for quite a few years now. And people are putting a lot of pressure and hoping this kid's going to become the next natural starter. So you're kind of hoping it goes well. But at the same time, you know, we'll have to see. Is he yeah, ready I to, think, is I, I, ready I think to pick gonna... off Alan next year?
1: Because that is the big question, right? Oh, god, no. I hope not. <laughs> not for the
0: kid. That would be rough for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think Caden, again, I think he's going to get every, I think he's going to get every opportunity also. You know, I think that that's also part of what's going to happen with him is that he will get it. They've, they've invested a lot in him. They're going to get, he's going to get the opportunity to show what he can do and to show how he can develop, you know, he will have a fairly long leash compared to other goalies, I think, unless he, you know, but he's shown he can do it. Now, I think if you go back and you look at like his first couple of games with the Canadians, you know, you see those holes, you know, that's how they, you know, you go, wow, he really played well, but they lost, <laughs> you know, but he let in three, you know, and, and he's against pros and they weren't, it weren't, it wasn't like he looked like he didn't belong. And in fact, you go back and you look at those games, it's like, well, okay, he could have actually stopped that one. He could have actually stopped that. One. God, they could have won that game. Wouldn't that have been cool? You know, and I think that's what you're going to be faced with a lot with him is, wow, he really looked great. <laughs> Indeed,
1: you know, I think. Yeah, come on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, indeed, and and we're here with obviously Ken uh, Bernberger, and um, you you find him at minivan underscore dad on Twitter. You find him on InGoal Media um, and uh, minivan dot, uh, minivandad.net. Great thing, right? You, you're gonna start writing there again. I'm right? gonna cool. start writing,
2: and you can see my and you can see my golf minutiae book too. Yeah. How and, to play and, golf? How to play golf six times a year? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then obviously you're gonna keep writing for Ice of the Price when we ask you. We know. That. Oh, I would love to. Uh, we're all. We have also been joined by Marc Antoine uh, Levi um, from Ice of the Price. You find him mm-hmm. and Antoine Levi at, at Twitter as well. So I'm gonna add this in into uh, or add it into the article. So so be sure to follow them. They're really knowledgeable guys that you heard when it comes to hockey goalies. Thank you guys for joining us because it's much, been God. an enlightenment. Alive- uh,
2: my, fo- my pleasure for the old folks. Thank you guys. It was a
0: pleasure.